0: CCR number 108
1: for April 21st, 2010. This edition of Cat Crave Radio is brought to you by the Panthers Outlaw Forum. The place for uncensored, no-holds-barred Carolina Panthers discussion. If you're ready for an honest discussion of your Carolina Panthers, visit the Panthers Outlaw Forum at sillyangel.proboards.com. D'Angelo Williams,
2: left side crowded, goes up the middle, 50-yard line, he's in the clear, this has got potential, 40, 35, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Still on a mission, though, still on a mission. We're going to find out how far we can push ourselves. Jake DeLonge going, Steve Smith left side, caught for a touchdown! Keep the dream alive, baby!
1: Welcome to the show dedicated to covering the Carolina Panthers. This is Cat Crave Radio. Coming up in this episode, our guest is Tom Sorensen of the Charlotte Observer, who joins us to discuss the team's plans for draft weekend. Nick Gilman is back to provide the fans' perspective. We'll also break down the team's schedule, and we are joined by legendary Carolina Panther Mike Minter in the Minterview. Now, bubble your chin straps because it's time for kickoff. Here is your host for CCR, John White. We know who, when,
0: and where, but our normally obtuse general manager isn't saying much. Welcome to another edition of Cat Crave Radio. Thank you for making us a part of your day. The NFL released a regular season schedule this week. The Panthers open with a road trip to New Jersey to play the Giants on September 12th. Fitting, of course, because the Panthers put a 41-9 whooping on the G-Men in their final home game at Giants Stadium back in December. The only primetime game on the schedule is a Thursday-nighter on December 23rd at Pittsburgh. Nick Yeoman and I will provide a full breakdown of the 2010 schedule in the Panther preview. Marty Herney spoke to the media on Tuesday and said what Marty always says. Not much. Like all general managers this time of year, he can't give away the team's plans for this week's draft. He did stress that the team can't reach for need but must remain true to its draft board. Now, there are signings, finally. Tank Tyler, Jeff King, well, they both signed their restricted free agent tenders late last week. Now, this week also saw Lewis Leonard, James Anderson, and C.J. Wilson sign on the dotted line. That leaves Thomas Davis and Richard Marshall as the only unsigned restricted free agents. Steve Reed of the Gaston Gazette reports that sources close to Massin Muhammad are saying that he won't be returning to Carolina next year. There's little surprise in this report, considering that not only has the team begun its youth movement, but they also haven't made any offers to the soon-to-be 37-year-old wide receiver. The team did add a player this week as they claimed cornerback Brian Witherspoon off waivers from the Detroit Lions. Witherspoon was buried on Detroit's depth chart, but is expected to be given an opportunity to compete as a kick returner, an area where he has excelled in both Detroit and Jacksonville. As always, we'll continue to keep you up to date on all the latest Panthers news. It's time once again for the Panther Preview. Joining us as always, Mr. Nick Yeoman. Yeoman, what's up?
3: Hey, John, it's good to be with you again.
0: Man, oh man, oh man, what a week. This is like Christmas and New Year's and... In in Halloween we went like of this is great man we got the draft at the end of the week we get the schedule which we'll talk about later but man did you get to hear Marty Herney talk on Tuesday was that the greatest
2: yeah that was like that was like going up and sitting on Santa's lap and and hearing a whole bunch of nothing
0: yeah you you wanted the uh you wanted the GI Joe at the kung fu grip but he's just like yeah whatever kid go ahead you hey, know.
2: So, yeah, you, you'll get some shiny, you know, boxes wrapped with nice paper with good stuff inside. It's like, well, I want to know any more details than and typical Marty Hurney. He's not going to get a whole lot of them.
0: Well, Marty did say one thing he said, and and I caught this loud and clear. I'm sure most fans did. The whole hey, yeah, the draft is wonderful, but and and maybe you have needs on your team, and certain positions are bigger needs than others. You don't reach to get a guy. so you need a receiver you you kind of stick to the draft board i guess what he's trying to tell us is let's say we're at 48 i need a receiver yeah there's a say a defensive tackle i need that's um you know rated a lot higher and he's available i take him so i don't know marty marty talks you tell me what you thought about what marty had to say on need versus draft board
2: well, my personal thing, I stick more to need, and that's that's how I would run things. I And, and Marty we trust. I mean, he's done a pretty good job uh, in the last couple of years of hitting, especially in those early rounds. But I just think when, when you look at his Panthers roster and you look at the holes you know, at defensive end, at wide receiver, I just I think you have to you have to go to a need. I mean, maybe if a spot like defensive tackle or a spot on the offensive line where you're okay at, then then maybe consider it. If there's an absolute stud that's fallen to you, uh, you, you never want to reach. That's always a dangerous thing because you don't want to you know you don't want to pick a guy that you could get maybe later in in, in, a, in a, a round, just you know later in the draft. But I just think you have to look at needs, and and I would. Pretty, pretty surprised if they didn't take a wide receiver uh, you know this Thursday, or this Friday excuse me.
0: And then he mentioned that he is sort of taking the the Nancy Reagan approach that's what I would call it. He's just saying no or the team is just saying no no O.C. Manura, not getting into that, no Anquan Bolden, no Brandon Marshall, and as yet no Jason Campbell. They're just not making deals. They want to stick with the young guys they have. They think they these guys can step in and and hold down a spot on the roster and play well enough that this team can win. Agree or disagree, or would you rather that they fill certain spots on occasion by making a deal or bringing in a free agent?
2: I think they will. I think they will eventually. I just think right now they want to focus on trying to build to the draft and seeing what they have. And then, you know what? If they need to go out and grab a veteran quarterback, you know, later or around training camp, right before the start of training camp, then they will. I mean, I would be very surprised if the Panthers go into the season with Hunter Cantwell and and Matt Moore as your quarterbacks. I mean, I think they got to bring somebody in. Or if that's a rookie, I just I think you have to. Marty Herney made it pretty clear in that press conference that the Panthers, you know, they're. Their goals and, uh, and their, their game plan is to build to the draft and, uh, and build a good nucleus and do it that way. Uh, I mean, you, you look at it, Marty Hurley's been really good in the draft, and, uh, and this regime has done a great job building with young players. But free agent-wise, they really haven't. It's been really hit or miss. I mean, you think of guys like Mike Wall and, and D.J. Hackett and Ken Lucas. Some of these guys didn't really work out. Um, so I think he, he has a plan. You know, they've got a couple specific spots they need to address. And I think right now he is comfortable uh, building through the draft. But it is frustrating at times when you see some big names out there, uh, some possible uh, free agents that, that other teams go sign, and, and, uh, or they're just sitting there waiting for the Panthers to make a move.
0: One thing we are doing, especially if if a player is still, you know, if his age still begins with a two, uh, we're keeping those guys under contract or trying to keep them in town as much as we can. We've got five players now in the last week or so who have signed their tenders. uh, Tank Tyler, Jeff King, C.J. Wilson was expected to sign uh, late Tuesday, Lewis Leonard, James Anderson. And we're still waiting on Richard Marshall, still waiting on Thomas Davis. But, I mean, your thoughts on, you know, getting these guys signed, getting them back in-house where they're actually working out with the team and, you know, back for 0-10. Well,
2: I. I think it's, it's something that eventually will get done. and It does need to get done. I, I would be shocked if if Thomas Davis uh, if that's not done fairly soon. The one with Richard Marshall is interesting because you know, like we talk about, this team is very deep in the secondary. and They've got some good young players in Sherrod Martin, and Captain Moffin that, that may or may not be able to fill that role if if, if they don't get uh, Richard Marshall back or if someone makes a play for him. But I think it's just something. It, it's going to take some time. You know, they're not going to rush to get anything done. It's it, it's crazy how. The NFL works. A lot of people slow play some things, and and, uh, and I think the focus right now is the draft. But I think something will get done eventually.
0: And then we actually go out and sign a player. Believe it or not, claimed uh Brian Witherspoon, a cornerback off waivers from Detroit. He'd been buried on the depth chart there. I think it was like fourth on the depth chart with with the Lions. I don't know what that says about him, but as a cornerback. But we're expecting him to come in and maybe compete maybe even the the leader in the clubhouse uh, for returning punts or kickoffs. He's done pretty well either in Detroit or Jacksonville with that. So your thoughts on the other Witherspoon?
2: Well, I mean, of course, you know, claiming someone off waivers from Detroit is never never a good sign, never too encouraging. You know, he played college football down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and you're thinking, you know, he was a member of the Crimson Tide. He actually... Was a Stillman College Tiger go figure, but uh, you know his numbers haven't been bad. I mean, uh, twelve point seven yards on kickoffs and eleven yards on punt returns is really nothing, nothing to just to brush off. A little bit of a concern. I mean, he had four fumbles with Jacksonville. Uh, in 2008, two in, with Jacksonville in 2009, and, and considering he's a guy that isn't, doesn't touch the ball a whole lot to have six career fumbles, a little concerning. But, again, it's just another ho-hum, you know, special team signing by the Panthers. Uh, but I like this one. I, I think this is a guy that, that will definitely, I mean, I think his numbers return-wise, hold you know, on to the ball have been fairly impressive, and, uh, and he's certainly going to get a shot on special teams to, uh, to, to return some kicks and punts. It'll be interesting come training camp.
0: Well, we've got the draft coming up. We know it's the big three-day event this weekend. And then we also have one other big thing, the gift from the NFL. Finally, they have said, here is your schedule. We'll be breaking that down in just a bit. Uh, Don't forget, we'll be talking to Tom Sorensen later in the show. We've got a conversation with Mike Mentor in the mentor view, and like I said, Nick and I will come back. We're gonna break down that 2010 schedule.
1: What's on your mind? Email us at catcraveradio at gmail.com. Again, that's catcraveradio at gmail.com. CCR continues in a moment fansided.com sports network you play to win the game where diehard fans dish out non-stop news and views on their favorite teams.
2: Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs? You
4: kidding me?
1: Playoffs? Fandom has no off season so he sucks you guys right in so consider yourself sucked neither do we
0: now, if you want to crown them, then crown them but they are who we thought they were and we let them off the hook
1: fansided.com, the number one pro sports blog network on the internet.
4: Hi, this is Steven Davis, and you listen to Cat Crave Radio.
1: Welcome to part two
0: of the Panther Preview. There is something to preview, believe it or not. The NFL has given us the 2010 regular season schedule. And it's it's a humdinger too. Still with us is Mr Nick Yeoman. Yeoman, are you ready to talk some schedule?
2: I am absolutely ready, John. Got some big revenge games, you know. Jake DeLome and the Browns. You've got Julius Peppers and the Bears. And who can forget the Marcus Hudson San Francisco 49er
0: rematch? Wow, that's going to be a big one. I hadn't thought about that. I'm so glad you brought that up. (laughs) (laughs) Looking at our schedule, we have the 26th toughest in in the league, which is a big switch from last year when we had the second toughest. Our opponent's cumulative 09 record was 122 wins and 134 losses. Not so terrible. And we're going to travel 11,132 miles on charter flights back and forth across this great land of ours. But that's still only 21st in the league. So we'll break this down John Fox style. We're going to go quarter by quarter. Start with the first four games. We kick off September 12th in the Meadowlands. What used to be the Meadowlands next door to the Meadowlands, excuse me where the Rats grow really big versus the Giants in a 1 o'clock game. Follow that up the next week at home against the Bucks. We get the Bengals at home on the 26th. And then finally, back on the road to play the Saints. Your thoughts on those first four big ones.
2: Well, uh, the thing that jumps off the board, it's obviously that opener against the Giants. Uh, You know, I mean, uh, uh, Panthers fans obviously are hoping that that the Panthers can go up to New York and and open up new Giants Stadium just like they shut down the old one. you got to remember, though, of course, the Panthers were the first team the Dallas Cowboys beat last year in in their new stadium, and the Giants are going to be looking for blood as well. And then those other three games, I mean, a lot of home games early on in the season. That's kind of a theme, a lot of home games in Charlotte. To start the year, uh, winnable games against Tampa Bay. I expect Cincinnati to come back to the pack just a bit, and then you've got, as you mentioned, Week Four, uh, October third at New Orleans. That's going to be a tough one, uh, really. You know, the first tough game on the schedule, really tough one in my opinion, against the former Super Bowl champs. And, and obviously, you're going to see New Orleans later in the season, but it's never never easy to win there uh, in the uh, down there in New Orleans.
0: And if you've looked at the schedule, anybody that's that's checked this out. You know that all but two of our games are at 1 p.m. I would say, you know, I'd name them all and tell you that they kick off at 1. But (laughs) that's pretty much a given. So now let's look at the next five weeks since we've got a bye week in here. Week 5, October 10th. We finally get a chance to to visit with our old friend Julius Peppers when he comes back to Charlotte with the Bears. We get the bye week, week 6. Then we've got a home date with the 49ers. A road date with the Rams on the 31st, so thank you very much for that Halloween trip to St. Louis, and then we get the Saints at home week nine. We're going to have them off the schedule, actually finished up with the Saints by the middle of the season and a bye week in week six. Wow.
2: Yeah, which is nice. I mean, it's nice to get New Orleans off the schedule early, but at the same time, you know, you don't you don't risk or you don't. There's not that potential that you may be getting a banged up New Orleans team or uh, or one uh, team that's struggling just a bit. So yeah, you've got New Orleans twice there early on in the season, and again, you know, as we talk about a lot of home games. The, the, the week five game against Chicago, uh, that's Julius Peppers coming back to Charlotte. You've got the bye week in week six, which I don't like. You know, and preferably I think every team should have a bye week. You know, week eight, nine, or ten, uh, but it's certainly better than the week four bye week at the Panthers had last week, and then you've got some winnable games there in Week 7 and Week 8 against San Francisco. They're going to be a lot better this year, but again, that game is in Bank of America Stadium, and then uh, you know, you've know you got to play at St. Louis on Halloween Day, but the Rams, not a very good football team. So, uh, again, a lot of home games, and uh, this middle of the season, as we, we working in the middle of the season, this is where the Panthers, I think, this is really where you have to pick up a lot of wins because you're playing some, some good teams at home and some bad teams on the road.
0: And a quick aside here for this, since we've already mentioned our bye week on week six. Among our division, uh, we've got some interesting, well, they're actually, if you look at their schedules, the other team's schedules, we get our bye week in week six. Atlanta's is in week eight. Uh, New Orleans, I guess the world champs, you know, they get some perks because theirs comes late in week 10, so they'll have a chance to lick their wounds and get ready for the stretch run. And Tampa Bay, unlucky Tampa Bay, they get their bye week in week four. Which, just like we had last year, I mean, you find out a lot about your team and hope those guys can play the next, what, 13 games and do it without getting hurt. So, anyway, that's that's the way the bye weeks fell. And now looking at the next four games, going into the second half of the season, we start week 10, November 14th, we're at Tampa Bay. Then we come back on the 21st, a road date against the Ravens, and then two more on the road. We go to the Browns to get to revisit again with old number 17, Jake DeLome, if he's still playing for the Browns, that is, if he's still in the lineup. And then December 5th, we finish up the third quarter of the season at Seattle. So some interesting uh, road games and some odd matchups.
2: Yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, it, it is. It's, it's not a part of the schedule. Three road games in that stretch, but I think those three road games are not against very good teams. I mean, I think Seattle is going to be a little bit better. They've made some additions in free agency, but I don't expect Cleveland and Tampa Bay to be that great next year. And, again, that game against Baltimore, that's going to be a good physical football game. A couple middle linebackers with the number 52 across their chest uh, certainly going to be leading their teams. Really looking forward to that one. But, again, that one's in Charlotte. But as you work in the, later, in the later part of the schedule and you have those road games at Cleveland and at Seattle, late in the season in November, December, that's a little bit It's going to be colder out, and the Panthers not really known as a team that plays great in cold weather, so that's something to look out for. Those are winnable games with winnable opponents, uh, but the weather could certainly factor in there.
0: And who can ever – I mean, what a great matchup in the big pirate ship. Josh Freeman versus Matt Moore wow, the NFL's got to really be licking their chops. I mean, that one's going to be in prime time right there. Yeah, it's a Sunday night game. They're going to have, uh, you know, they got to flex that one in there. But finally, the last quarter of the season, uh, we start. Here we go now. We haven't seen the Falcons up to this point. We finally get to see Atlanta in Charlotte. They come here first in week 14. We follow that up with a home date with the Cardinals. Thank you for not making us travel back out to the desert. We appreciate that, NFL and we close out the season with two road games. We've got a Thursday nighter four days after playing the Cardinals at home. We go to Pittsburgh. That's on NFL Network at 8 o'clock. And then the closer, the final game of the season on the road in Atlanta. Could be for the division or a playoff spot you never can tell. But the final four, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, the final four is tough. It really is. I mean, it's still a bit of a head scratcher why you have to play Atlanta twice in the final four weeks. I I don't quite understand. I mean, your two games against Tampa Bay, your two games against New Orleans, wrapped up uh, much earlier in the season, and you've got to play Atlanta twice. I don't really know how that works uh, on the schedule, but it's a tough stretch. I mean, remember last year, the Panthers really had to close the season out with some tough opponents when you had, like, Minnesota, you had the Giants, you had the Saints late in the schedule. Uh, This is going to be tough, though. I mean, you've got that home game against Atlanta, but those last three weeks, You've got a home game against Arizona, and as we saw two years ago, in the playoffs, the Cardinals have no problem walking into the Panthers' stadium and trying to get a win. And then if you're trying to make a playoff push, you've got to play at Pittsburgh on a Thursday night, which is tough, because you've got a quick turnaround for that Arizona game. You don't really know what you're going to get from the Steelers, but you know it's going to be a physical, cold, outdoor weather game. And then you end the season at Atlanta in the Georgia Dome, which has never, never been an easy place to win. Kind of a house of horrors for the Panthers, so it If this team is is close and and needing to pick up wins late in the season, trying to get past Arizona, Pittsburgh, Atlanta is not going to be easy.
0: Well, besides the fact that I was trying to deal with that fancy-schmancy NFL.com interactive schedule thing they've got up over there and and, and the fact that it kept blowing up on me. You know, I mean, it's not a terrible schedule. I was glad to see that at 7 o'clock and all that stuff. Yeah, but... I'm not necess- I mean, there are a few questions I had for the NFL. I don't understand the road game going to New York every year. I don't understand even why the Bears have to come here every year. But it will be nice to see number 90 again. I can't wait to see you, Julius. But um, I don't know. I, I I would say we could sit here and break this thing down and start guessing how many games we'll win, but. Then again, we thought we'd beat Buffalo last year, too, so it's, I don't know. I'm glad to see the schedule, but I'm not necessarily sure that anybody is is really ready or has the information at, at hand to start making any predictions.
2: Oh, no, no, we're not even close. I mean, you can go ahead and pencil in your wins and losses all you want, uh, football fans, but I'm telling you, I mean, until the draft happens, until the uh, the battles of training camp happen, until the early... Season injuries happen. You just don't know. That's the that's the beautiful thing about it. All on paper, there's some easy winnable games for this team, but you just never know, and that's what that's what makes it interesting. But uh, it's always fun. That schedule comes out, and, and you know, as fans, you start circling the games you want to go to. You start circling those those sexy matchups that we're talking about. The games against Chicago and Cleveland that it may not mean much to, to you know NFL fans all across the nation, but they mean a little something special to Panther fans, and and uh, it's just a fun time of the year and and, uh, hey you got the draft right around the corner so it's an exciting week if you're a football
0: fan and next week we get a chance very prematurely to grade the team on how they did over the weekend in the draft won't that be fun
2: absolutely we'll (laughs) see it's going to be interesting but hey you don't put anything past old Marty Herney. I think uh, a lot of Panthers fans, you better tune in Thursday night. I know the Panthers don't have that first-round pick, but you just never know.
0: Yeah, that's right. And two of the best weeks in sports right here, especially the draft. I mean, you know, if you're a draft, Nick, it's heaven this weekend, three days of it. So uh, everybody gets something out of that. But, Nick, um, I don't know. We'll see how it's looking next week after we uh, we add some youngsters.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's going to be exciting. There's uh, going to be a few new names out of the roster, and, hey, the future is always being built.
1: And we'll talk to you again next week, sir. Hey,
2: thanks, John. It's been great.
1: There's only one Cat Crave Radio.
0: Our guest now is Tom Sorensen. He writes for the Charlotte Observer. Tom, it's a pleasure to have you with us. I
4: always good to be your show, John. Thank
0: you. Okay, Tom, today was kind of a big day. We're recording this on Tuesday, the Tuesday before the draft. I know you had kind of a... Uh, well I I use this term very loosely but a a big day talking to uh, Marty Herney can you tell us what he had to say getting us ready for the three day event
4: pretty much nothing (laughs) I mean you know typically um, GM's and player personnel directors and and coaches and, and everybody else is pretty circumspect this time of year because nobody wants to let anybody else know what they're doing even if your first pick isn't until the second round and so uh Marty didn't Marty didn't have much to say, but you know he he said you know they're just true to their philosophy, which is you build from within, you find the money to reward your own guys, you build to the draft, and that although they'll be tempted to reach, I mean he said they do not want to go into the draft thinking we have to have a wide receiver, we have to have a quarterback, we have to have this, because then he said there's always a tendency to reach, and he said what well, they they've had good luck, you know, taking the best available player, all things being equal. You know they'll take a player that can fill a need, but uh, other than that, um, you know what he said was simply that uh, you know they're, they're working, honing the draft board, and uh, they'll be true to that come uh, the draft days.
0: Well, we've talked wide receivers so long all off season, and well, actually not just this off season, but every off season now for years. And their history has not been so good. Kerry Colbert, Dwayne Jarrett, and, you know, Jarrett still has a shot to, you know, to actually prove himself with the team, but they've had an interesting history with wide receivers. And Steve Smith is speaking out, saying, look, I need some help. Get me some fresh legs out there, somebody to take the heat off me. Let me be the number two guy. Is there any chance whatsoever? I mean, I know they don't want to reach, but, I mean, do you sense that there is. Not a desperation, but at least that these guys sense that something's got to give, that, you know, they've got to find a way to add that speed and add that number one guy?
4: Well, they have a number one guy in speed, but they they need to add somebody to supplement him. And, you know, I I think Jarrett's going to be okay. So I think he'll be number three, so you have to find number two. And if you don't find him in the draft... Then you find you know there'll be there'll be some pretty good receivers that are released by other teams, um, veterans, and you dive you, trying to one of those. But I would hope they draft one. But you know I hope they draft a pass rush, and I hope they draft a quarterback too, because to me those are the three most acute positions in need. You know what Marty's saying is, but if you draft the best player in for a guy like Dan Connor, they absolutely did not need did not need a middle linebacker from Penn State. But but he was impressive from the start, and you know I think you'll see that manifest itself.
0: Every season we think, you know, we've got it nailed. I mean, there're mock drafts out the wazoo out there. They're all over the net, they're in the newspapers. Everybody is, you know, they seem to think they've got a we've got a bead on what these teams want to do. And when that happens, you know, you think, well, we'll be on the clock and here's who will be available, but there's always a surprise. But let's say, you know, some excellent players are still there, still on the on the board and still available. Do you think that we could actually see a surprise with the team? Could they, you know, could they zig when we think they're going to zag? Certainly.
4: Yeah, I mean, they have a history of trading and drafting. I think by spreading the draft out for three days, you're going to see more trades this year than than our customary. And uh, I'll be surprised if they don't make the deal. But at the same time, I know they don't want to give up draft picks. You know, they've done that, given up their number one in consecutive seasons, and I know they don't want to do that again. Well, they don't have one. But, I mean, I, I could see them trading up to get in the first round. I don't think they will, but it's a possibility. And I could see them. I can't really see them giving up that pick because they, they, they want to uh, draft high. But, you know, they're loaded with picks in the latter rounds. And I think I think what they're hoping is that you saw late last season guys like Schwartz, guys that you weren't expecting, you knew nothing about, just seeing them at practice and seeing them in camp, suddenly emerged. And I think what, that's what they're trying to do. Just keep building, keep building, and 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 when these guys get their chance, hope they can 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 play. And I think you'll see some guys that were over the last couple of seasons, draft picks who kind of been simmering, you know, who they expect to kind of manifest themselves this season.
0: We've seen some big deals in the last week or two. We saw the big deal uh, a receiver. Speaking of receivers, changing uh, locations from Denver to Miami and. There was no interest there, obviously. The Panthers were not going to jump into those sweepstakes, but Jason Campbell seems to, well, his name is coming up a lot. Everybody's talking about him as, you know, possibly landing with the Panthers, and he's not really necessarily wanted or needed in Washington right now unless he's going to be the backup. So is is Marty talking about that? Is he saying anything specific about Jason Campbell about whether or not they may or may not get into that?
4: All he has said is they've had no conversations with the Redskins about Jason Campbell. Does that mean they won't have?
0: Him? Right. But
4: he said at this juncture they have not had any conversations with Washington about Campbell.
0: But then he's not he's not talking about whether they, you know, I mean, it, does does he give any indication at all whether there would be interest?
4: He gave no indication there is, but it doesn't mean there, there, there won't be. I mean, I've, I've contended from the start. They do not know. I know Matt Moore is their quarterback. They don't know if Matt Moore is a starting quarterback in the NFL. They can't. They just don't have enough information to go by. Similarly, in Philly, they're hoping that Cole is going to emerge as their quarterback, but they don't know that unequivocally. And you know, you, there just isn't enough evidence to indicate that Moore can do it or can't do it. So I think they're going to have to bring a veteran in. Have to. But uh, and I don't know where they find him. Uh, I don't know if they draft a guy. I just think there's so many positions in need. Uh, you have to have a pass rusher. You have to have a receiver. You have to have a quarterback. And whether you get those guys from the draft or through trade or somebody else's reject, I don't, I don't know. But I think I, I, they just have to upgrade those three positions. And, and almost everybody has a position in need, and they have those three.
0: Well, the one thing we know they've done and been very unapologetic about it, and that's getting younger. The guys that you know, thirty—that seems to be the cutoff. Thirty years old seems to be, uh, you know, a death sentence for your your career here in uh, in Charlotte, but Mohsin uh wasn't actually a part of that. He just happened to have his contract run out, and there's been no indication that, you know, they're talking, and now people around Moose are saying, well, it looks like he's not going back. He'll turn 37 this year. I mean, is it a surprise that Moose won't return or that the, the news is that Moose won't be coming back? No,
4: I just, I just assume Moose should not be coming back. I mean, I think Moose wore out last season. I thought he—he he was never a speedster, but I thought he lost speed, and he's a great route runner. I mean, he's always been good at that, and you know, he's a leader, he's a good blocker. But I thought that you could just see him run down last season in terms of speed and quickness, and I just thought his time had had passed. So I, I you know, I would—I would not have expected him
0: to return this off-season. If there's been something going on that's got fans asking a question, it's—it's it's that we've had such a focus another team wanted to get better on special teams and we weren't so good and haven't been good for several seasons now but they've had such a focus on special teams I'll ask you the question most of the fans are asking I mean where is their focus or when will their focus turn to defensive end wide receiver quarterback you know if we're going after free agents when are we finally going after skill positions and actual position players as opposed to special teams guys
4: well, they're not going after free agents. I mean, they've steadfastly moved away from that over the years. Uh, you know, they've had mixed results. Uh, most teams have had mixed results going after free agents. And so they, they're they never going to be – I don't think they ever plan to be a player. You know, I, I, I thought Golden would have been interesting, but he has a history of, of injuries. I thought Brian would have been interesting, a wide receiver, but he has a history of being really inconsistent. And I didn't think there was a great wide receiver fit out there, although – uh, Mr. Brandon is pretty interesting, um, but but that just you know teams have to be true to the philosophy. You need a philosophical base, and theirs is let's reward the guys that brought us here, and they, they've been doing that for a while. So that means retaining Thomas Davis, and that means retaining Beeson. both of from our stars. I mean Beeson is, and Davis will be was about to be. So I you know I think with fans it's just you want that quick hit, but I think the slower, more effective way is just to build from within.
0: Well, Tom, as always, we. You know we appreciate you being with us and you know you you gave us the information the the lowdown on what Marty herney said or rather didn't say today but uh, as always a pleasure to have you with us yeah I always enjoy doing the show and uh, next time
1: yeah. in the beginning there was no show for the fans then there was cat crave radio and it was good okay relatively good more CCR in a moment
2: Hello, car of teenagers. If you don't mind, I'm only going to broadcast this out of the speaker on the passenger side so we can talk in private. Okay, now that we're alone, what's with your friend's driving? Is he always this reckless? You should say something, something witty. Uh, Make a joke about the airbag or something. Hearses are funny, too. You could make a joke about hearses. Uh, driver, just so you know, we're totally not talking
1: about you. He suspects nothing. Brought to you by the Ad Council and speakuporouts.com. Make your voice and your opinions a part of the show. Call the CCR hotline at 206 350 9673 and speak your mind. Tell us your thoughts on the team or tell us what you think of the show by calling 206 350 9673. Now, time for more. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, John White. Be
0: sure to sign up for the newsletter. Just go to CatCraveradio.com. There you can click on the newsletter link. That's at the top of the page. You fill out the form and click submit. Nothing to it. Each week we'll keep you updated on what we've got going on here with the show and of course all the latest concerning our favorite team, the Carolina Panthers. Just go to CatCraveradio.com and click on newsletter.
1: It's Minter at the 30, he's to the 20, cuts outside at the 15, Minter to the 10, Minute to the 5, touchdown! It's time now for the Minterview. Here comes the, ready and
3: now, here comes the boys from the side.
0: We are joined now by legendary Carolina Panther, Mike Mentor. Mike, again, a pleasure to have you back with us.
3: Thanks for having me, John.
0: Mike, it's time for the draft, man. I know last year when you and I talked about the draft, uh, and and you, you gave us a lot of good info, background stuff. What what a player, what a guy's going through. I mean, you're coming straight out of college, and you got all this work to do. But then there's the team and what they're doing. They've got their board together. The scouts have done their jobs and turned in all their notes. I'm sure the team goes in with some goals this year, but... What do you think, if there's a goal that the Panthers need to reach, what is the goal they need to reach in this year's draft?
3: Well, I think two areas um, that they need to um, get some young talent in, um, of course, at the receiver spot. And then um, also um, they need to get a deep tackle. And, you know, so if they can get those two positions, um, I feel like um, then they... They you know, they steps a little bit closer to where they need to get to, and so um, I, I feel like those are two things that need to be done uh, come this weekend.
0: Well, we've talked about receiver for for so long that I mean the number two spot, I mean moose has done he did his job and, and had done it well for so long, but to have that extra speed guy on the other side of Steve Smith, we've talked about it for years now. We've talked about uh, the lack of a defensive end or need for another defensive end since Julius uh, took off to Chicago, and and you're right, defensive tackle is another need. What would you put number one if you have to say biggest need for this season or this off season? What would it be?
3: See, number one, I'm I'm going after receiver. Why? Because Steve Smith is not getting younger, Um, and so you need to get somebody in there to uh, be ready to get groomed to take over that spot within the next two to three years. And so receiver would be my would be my first thing that I would try to get if he's there. He might not be there, you know, because I don't think the receiver um, situation is, is um, it has a lot of depth in the receiver core. So, um, but if he's there in the second round and he's the guy that I want, I'm taking him first. Um, and then I will move into – um, trying to address the defensive line, be it, um, defensive tackle or defensive end um, there in the third round to see who's, who's the better um, fit um, and the better person at that spot. Um, I
0: will go after them. And sort of ironic, maybe it's because it's receiver. Receivers seem to be a different breed than everybody else. And, I mean, I, you know, we've had T.O. and Michael Irvin and, and guys that have, you know, they're very outspoken. Ocho Cinco is another good example, but in this draft, Des Bryant seems to be head and shoulders above everybody else. His name gets mentioned as the best receiver physically, the most gifted guy, but yet they talk about his character. If you're a general manager, do you take a player off your draft board because of character concerns?
3: Um, without a doubt. Um, but it wouldn't be character concerns based on what the media or everybody else is saying. It would be character concerns that I have done my homework. I've sat down with this person, and I felt, and I felt, I felt like I could not do anything to help this person. Um, This person is not going to listen. This person is not coachable. Um, These are the things that you look at because a person who gets in trouble, a person who makes some dumb decisions as an 18, 19, 20, 21 year old, um, that gets maturity. We can work on that if you will, if you coach. And so the, the, the first thing is is that I got to feel that the person is coachable, uh, rather than to have the person got in trouble uh, more than one or two or three times.
0: To get that guy in the room and you sit down with him. What's the first question or what is like the main question you're going to ask him? What are you looking for from him? I mean, is there is there certain info, something you want him to say to you in that interview process?
3: Well, I I'm I'm looking at his passion. What is he passionate about? And um and I wanna see um what what makes him tick. you know, what when when I'm talking to him, something has to turn the juices on. And I wanna see it come on. Uh, because when you have a guy that's kinda um, lackadaisical about whatever, then you know the passion is not there and then you're gonna have to really prompt this guy to um, do the things you need him to do. But if you see a young man that comes in and, yeah, he done made some dumb mistakes, but you know what? Man, he has a fire that's burning inside of him about this game. Um, these are the things that I would like to see. And once I see that, um, then I know that I can use that passion and that desire and that, that burning fire that's inside. I can use that uh, to teach him the things he needs to learn to become more mature as a young man.
0: Well, we've gotten so used to this I mean that the process is always so it's such a strange thing because we we all get to pick the players apart. We've seen them in games you know the the scouts have picked them apart. they've been you know studied during the combine and and then in private workouts, and we hear about guys like uh, Tim Tebow and Armani Edwards, players that that have you know they you mentioned the drive and the desire to play the game yet people question whether they are the most physically talented. Do you take a, a risk on a guy like that who might be kind of a developmental player? And do you do it later? Would you do it early? I mean what would your how how would you approach that kind of guy?
3: Well you know what, um John, I think it all depends on can that guy fit my system? Okay? And if he can fit my system, I'm definitely taking a chance on a guy like that. Um You know, speed, size, all them things doesn't matter when you get on the field and it comes Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock. Who going to make plays and who going to come out there ready to play? Um, We want football players, not stat players or stat sheet players that can run a 40 at this and jump this high. And I I don't want that. I want somebody who, when, man, that, that light is turned on, and it's time to play, they ready to go. That's what I like so um definitely would take a um uh, look at a Tim Tebow if Tim Tebow fit my system and what I was trying to do. I wouldn't wanna to try to get a guy just because he had the passion, but you know he didn't even fit my system and wouldn't fit my system no matter what happened. I wouldn't do that
0: It's always interesting I mean to you get your you know get your feedback on the what these guys are going through, what the team is up to and Mike, again, we appreciate you being with us and uh, talking some more Panthers.
3: Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate it, Jeff.
0: I want to thank Nick Yeoman for being such a big part of the show. Nick, the show would just not be the same without you and your awesomeness. Follow Nick on Twitter at twitter.com slash Yeoman. But thanks to Tom Sorensen for being with us. You can find Tom's work both online and in print in the Charlotte Observer. Also, our appreciation to Mike Minner for being with us once again for another installment of the View. Mike, you are a scholar and a gentleman. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter. Just go to catcraveradio.com, click on the newsletter link at the top of the page. When you do that, you'll be given this quick and easy form to fill out. And it's very simple, actually, very quick. We'll keep you up to date on the show, the guests we've got coming on, basically what we have going on, as well as all the team news. Again, go to catcraveradio.com, click on the newsletter link, and fill out the form. Yes, it is that easy. We have been having a few issues on iTunes. Bear with us. We apologize for the problems. We are working to correct this, and we promise it'll be corrected very soon. And follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash catcraveradio. Give us a follow. Yes, if you follow us, we'll follow you back. And feel free to give us a call at any time. You guys have been awfully quiet lately. Call us up at 206-350-9673. Leave us a message. That way we can hear your opinions and play them for everyone else to hear. Call us on the CCR hotline at 206-350-9673. I'm John White. Thanks again for listening. We hope to be back inside of your listening device once again next week with another edition of Cat Crave Radio.
1: Thanks again for listening to Cat Crave Radio a proud member of the Fan-Sided Network. Check out catcraveradio.com for our complete archive of interviews, commentary, and analysis. The CCR crew will gather again next week to bring you another fresh episode. All material, copyright 2010, Cat Crave Radio.
3: Stand and cheer for the Panthers in our grand old dance be finer than to be in Carolina for a
4: Panthers football game. Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina for a Carolina Panthers.